Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. I am so excited to have Marnie Schneider on the show today. Marnie is a CEO, inspirational speaker, author, philanthropist, and best of all, daughter and mom. A Philadelphia native now living in the Carolinas, she consistently devotes her time and resources to help others achieve their own victory. Marnie thinks of this as showing up on life's playing field with positivity and energy day in and day out. Marnie's passion for sports shines through in her book series, Game Day in the USA. The series is in the top 100 kids sports travel books by Amazon. Writing the stories has been her way of giving back to the many great football communities across the nation. This series includes eight books that focus on a city and its football team. It follows lovable characters, Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog, and the rich history and culture of each city they visit. She sits on the boards and is very active in several charities and organizations such as Ronald McDonald House, Alzheimer's Association, Soldiers to Sidelines, NFL alumni organization, and she travels all over the country doing book readings at schools, first responder events, youth sports clubs, and businesses. Marnie finds inspiration from her football family, especially her grandfather and mom. Their dedication to family, charity, and sports taught Marnie the importance of giving back, something she has carried forward into her career in the nonprofit sector. She has received honors for her time and attention spent raising money for the Ronald McDonald House, Alzheimer's Association, and the Keep on Playing Foundation. To this day, she remains very active with the Ronald McDonald House in Charlotte and is on their board of directors. Marnie, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm just so excited that life has connected us and we are, you know, together here um, virtually. I'm here in Dallas and I love when the show gets to go to other cities. You were born in New York and raised in Philadelphia and travel a lot for work, but the Carolinas are now home for you. So what brought you there? And tell us a little bit about that area of our country. Oh, well, first of all, I love the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I get to spend at least a couple days a month there. So that is something really cool and really fun for me, being a, a Philadelphia girl. I always love going to uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But, yeah. uh, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia, and then after college, I worked in Philadelphia for a couple of years for the National Football League for NFL Films, and then decided I was going to hit the road and go to Hollywood. So I lived in Los Angeles in the uh, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and then um, Calabasas area for about 20 years. And a few years ago, right as my first book was coming out, it, um, it dawned on me that I needed to spend a lot of time in Philadelphia where uh, my first book took place. So I said to my three children, I was like, hey, do you guys want to go on a little adventure? And they were up for it. And I think that just because of social media and, you know, being able to FaceTime people and, and understanding that now the world is so small in many ways that they said, all right, let's do it and let's widen our net and have, you know, friends everywhere. So we kind of did the opposite of the Beverly Hillbillies. We packed up our stuff and moved <laughs> to the Carolinas. And uh, people are like, why did you do that? Like, what is legitimately wrong with you? You leave Malibu, Calabasas for 
the Mooresville, North Carolina. And I was like, well, we really like it out here. And it was really nice and pretty. And we, you know, thought that it would be a fun thing to just try it. And it's been great. And my kids love it. And I love the Carolinas. And uh, it's given us an opportunity to see a lot of the East Coast, which I certainly grew up on the East Coast. My kids did not. Um, so now my youngest is just about to graduate high school. And my other two are still in college. Um, but, um, you know, it gave us it gave them a chance to really travel around and see the East Coast a little bit easier than uh, doing it when we lived in Los Angeles. So it's been great. That's amazing. Well, I love it. I think that's just so great. And I, yes, I've only heard good things and it's supposedly just so beautiful there. So that's great. All that matters is that you guys love it and that you're happy there. But that is an interesting story for sure. <laughs> you're like the reverse of the Beverly Hillbillies. I love that. <laughs> we're the reverse Beverly Hillbillies, you know. Yeah. Why yes. not? Well, okay. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, your mom. I know that in the intro, I talked about definitely your mom and your grandfather are kind of what began your football family. But I understand from like your mother is was the very first and still only the in the whole history of the NFL GM, VP, and legal counsel for the football team in the league. I mean, this is crazy for the Eagles actually. Right. So yes, is this yeah. how you became so deeply involved? Tell us like, is it your mom? Tell us about your grandfather. We want to yeah. know all the details. Oh, thank you. It really actually, and hearing somebody say to me, your mom is the first and still the only female general manager, legal counsel and vice president really does kind of give me goosebumps. It's pretty amazing. My mom amazing. is incredible. And, and I, and I get to, you know, share her with the world now a little bit more than, um, than maybe I would have been able to before because, um, you know, she, uh, has dementia. And so I, I really am her, her advocate mm. in many ways, but yes, I, I think that growing up in Philadelphia and my grandfather owning the Philadelphia Eagles and me being a young girl and my mom being a single working mother, I had the opportunity to go to work with her and travel around and kind of like moms take their kids to work. Cause that's what they do because they sometimes don't have childcare or whatever. And my mom and I are very, very close. And instead of going to maybe a more of a traditional office building, we went to a stadium and that was her office. And I would, uh, you know, get to run around and, and play catch with some of the coaches and on uh, long summer days when there was no football and there was baseball at the time, the Eagles and the Phillies shared the same um, stadium. I would, uh, you know, kind of beg and plead for a hot dog and they would, they would nicely oblige at the Philly oh. side and give me a hot dog. Cause I was hungry and I got to watch a bunch of baseball and wait for my mom while she was working. And, you know, so many kids have working parents and it's a really good thing to be a working mom and to be able to, bring your children to work and to show them what you do and how you do it. And my mom's situation and my grandfather's was a little bit unique in the fact that it involved, you know, uh, a professional sporting team, but I was um, very blessed. And when I would go on different team plane rides, it was, um, that was really how football Freddie, my book series started way back in the eighties. My mom was a teacher and loved being a teacher prior to becoming an attorney and running a football team and an entrepreneur. She was a teacher. So she would hand me a, a notepad and a pen and would say, start writing or start reading, but definitely start writing about what you just saw. And um, that's what I did. And so 
that's kind of how football Freddie and fumble the dog game day started. And now we have nine books and my mom's my co-author on a few of them. And, um, as are my other children. So it's been a lot of fun and it's a really great family endeavor that we've been able to, to really work on and ultimately to honor my mom with this book series. It's such a privilege. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And yes, what an honor to her and to your grandfather. I mean, okay, so tell us a little bit about him. He <laughs> actually was the owner and that is just wow. And how amazing that you got to go on plane rides and go to the games. Tell us a little bit about him. And also, I mean, just as an owner, a manager, and just also as your own special grandfather. Well, I think that the grandparent-grandchild relationship um and I get really emotional when I talk about it is a really special one. I, you know, my grand, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. My grandfather was definitely a larger than life character and owned a professional football team and did very large grand scale things, but he was still my grandfather. So we were very, very, very close. And my mom and my kids are very close too, even though my mom's condition has definitely changed a lot over the past couple of years. But I think that my grandfather taught me so many things. He was incredibly philanthropic, incredibly generous incredibly kind. Sure, he was running a business and, and that was, you know, what his day job was. But I think as far as being a grandparent, it was always about whatever would make me his grandchild happy, not in a necessarily spoiled and bratty way, but just because grandparents love to spoil their grandkids. And that's oh, something yeah. that is really, it's different. When a grandparent does something for their grandchild, it's kind of not gross and vulgar. But when a parent maybe spoils their kid, it's, it's a different dynamic. So I think my grandfather spoiled me in ways that were, you know, certainly similar to, to all of my friends. They, you know, they they spoiled me with, you know, beautiful love and attention and and getting recognition and, you know, obviously being able to go to some cool things and to do certain things were always just kind of a, a perk of also being, uh, you know, a decent kid. I I I understood the the dynamic of of the responsibility that he had to the community and my mom too. So I really wanted to make sure that. I represented the family well. And, um, you know, my mom taught me a lot of good lessons about being disciplined, as did my grandfather. And my grandfather and I always had a great time. I, I definitely, uh, my cousins would, pro I'm an only child, and I think my cousins would probably agree that I might have been my grandfather's favorite, but I also worked at it. It was really important for me to develop a relationship with him and to call him and check in on him and visit him. And we only lived about 20 minutes from him, but, you know, making sure that, that he was always okay was, um, you know, was something that I got pleasure from doing. And uh, we definitely had a beautiful relationship. Very, very special. I love that. That's so inspiring. And that gives me chills. I mean, it's just amazing. Okay. So fly Eagles fly. I guess you are an Eagles fan for life then. <laughs> well, I am definitely an Eagles fan, but I would say this, that I am a football fan. I love, uh, I love football. I love, I love the, the way that the game is played. I, I use this analogy all the time that, you know, football is such a great game because it, in life, you know, you get chances like in football, you get four chances, you get four downs to get another four downs, which is very similar in life. And unless you really blow it, like in life, you know, you're going to get another chance to get to get another chance. And so I love that. And I love that you have to you have to keep your eyes on the ball, but keep moving the ball down the field and anything you do, it's just all about keeping moving the ball down the field. That's really what it takes. Then you get to the end zone and then you do it again. And yeah. that's another lesson about life. You've got to keep converting. You can't just stop when you get 
when you get there, you've got to keep your foot on the gas and keep going. And being successful really requires a lot of grit and determination and, and the ability to, to be, perse- you know, to persevere, to keep going Absolutely. and keep moving the ball down the field. I love that analogy. I love analogies in in general, but that one is a new favorite. I love that. Thank you for that awesome analogy. And I love that you just love all football and love the whole game. You're just so inspiring and fun. You, you are enthusiastic about it. You're fun. It's just so fun to listen to you talk about (laughs) football and another one of your loves. Okay. Marnie, I know that your pride is your three kids. Tell us Jonathan, Goldie and Leo. Tell us about them. Tell them, tell us about all three of them, but also give us a little special insight on this experience with your firstborn son, Jonathan. He's 22 now, 20 ish, 22. Exactly. Yeah. What, what that taught you about the importance of extended family and support and tell us about that. Well, Jonathan, when he was nine months old, uh, had a very unusual eye twitch and I didn't like it, but I was a young mother and I didn't really understand. I was like, Oh, whatever. But I mean, not in a dismissive way, but I thought, Oh, he'll be okay. And thankfully he is. I did not realize the gigantic uh, mountain that we were about to face once I did take him to the pediatrician and it turned out that that eye twitch ended up being um, a type of a very rare type of pediatric cancer called neuroblastoma obsoclonus myoclonus. So uh, that was when Jonathan was nine months old. In fact, uh, it's Mm -hmm. interesting because, you know, September, he had a surgery September 10th, 2000. Okay. So it was 22 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And and it was really, it was a little, little guy, a little nine month old baby. And um, so we went to the pediatrician and, you know, sure enough, they, they were able to discover that, um, which is a good thing that he had cancer and we removed the tumor right away a couple of days later. But, you know, when you're little and you have something going on, you might not recover that quickly. So it took about five years for Jonathan to actually fully kind of catch up. He had um, physical therapy and speech therapy and occupational therapy and chemotherapy for five years. And, uh, but we were very fortunate and are, we had great, you know, great doctors and, and great people in our lives. And a lot of people that were supporting us emotionally and praying for us and, and giving us positive encouragement. And, uh, and now, you know, I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that Jonathan, uh, was able to come out of it and, and be a thriving, uh, you know, young, um, young man. And now he's a thriving adult. And, and that's a really, it's a huge blessing because a lot of times families don't get that, um, out positive outcome that we had, even though we did go to a very circuitous, um, path to get to where we are now, but, um, you know, it's not how you start, it's how how you finish. So that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Jonathan's a great big brother. I've got a lovely, beautiful daughter and um, she's in college now and and thriving and doing really well. And, and, and just a a great, a great girl. She reminds me so much of my mother. It's unbelievable. And um, yeah, I'm so thankful for her. And then my youngest is a senior in high school and it's just amazing. Like, I feel like I'm every day I start crying because I'm like, wait a minute, I I don't have any, I'm not going to have any babies at home anymore. And what am I, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, every day and slow um, down, slow down. Yes, I know. I can't even believe that like he's a senior in high school. It's so crazy to think about it. And so uh, I'm so thankful for that, you know, that, that, um, you know, it's, uh, I've, 
very fortunate. You know, the past couple of years have been beautiful and great with my book series and a lot of, you know, personal successes, but certainly my mother's illness really definitely um, has been something that has really taken a lot out of me emotionally, but um, I'm very grateful because she lives with us and we get to spend a lot of time with her and um, celebrate her uh, her life and and enjoy the the moments and different memories that that um, that we're making now we thought would be maybe a little different this you know, but we're grateful that we can make any memories with her and so that's a huge blessing. What a great attitude you have. Dementia is so hard and I've heard the devastating um, effects from so many different families and what a blessing that she can live with you, be with you and that you're so close and caring and you just adore her and I can hear it in your voice and I see it in the photos and you're just so sweet to her. What a blessing it is that she can be with you and be with the kids and um, be in the house. So, Oh, it's a huge blessing. I'm so thankful. I know so many families can't do that. And we've got lovely caregivers that help us too. And I'm very grateful for them because this is a, this is a, a, not a two person job. This is like a six person job. And Mm. uh, you know, if you don't have help and you don't have support and you know, it's, it's very lonely and it's a very sad existence. And I'm grateful that I've got lovely people that are in our life to help us and, and the ability to have a home that, that is suited for my mom to, to be living with us. And I know that, um, you know, we're going to look back on these days and say, you know, these were some of the best days of our lives, even though they're, they're a little tragic at times, just this, but, but look back on it and, and, and really be very thankful that, that we've had this time with my mom and, you know, I am very grateful. Absolutely. You are such a grateful person. I love that about you. So, okay. Switching back to football and your beginning with being an author and a writer. I know it started with mom was a teacher and you, you know, had to write and she's even co-authored some of your books, but tell us first, what is game day USA? (laughs) How do you, how do you just tell us all about it? I mean, being an entrepreneur and then we'll get into the books, but tell us first of all, what is game day USA? Well, so, you know, I love being a fan. I, I would say yeah. this, that Game Day in the USA is really a fan, we're, we're a, a fan engagement company and, you know, trying to figure out ways to work with different leagues to help them get the fan experience, bring young fans. I love football and I love baseball and I love basketball and I love all these professional sports because I was able to see them and go to some games and watch them on TV. And, and so I think that's something that was really helpful to me. Now I love it as an adult and my kids do too. So we started Game Day in the USA is really a fan engagement company, worked with certain minor league baseball teams, helped the kids in those communities and underserved communities go to minor league baseball games. And then it kind of segued in my, I had always had this, um, this character of football, Freddie. And a couple of years ago, my mom said, you know, you're doing all these great things in these communities and you're working with the boys and girls club and the Ronald McDonald house and getting kids to baseball games and, and, and doing all these fun things. Why don't you think about taking that football Freddy stuff that you did when you were, you know, a young girl and turning that into something. And I was like, okay. And so we took a look at it. This was about five years ago. And we were like, well, it's not that bad. You know, it's not great, but, uh, but you know, we could, we could dust it off and, and, you know, and fix it up a little bit. And, um, I got connected with a publishing company, a great guy named Naren at Mascot Publishing. And 
uh, I said, what do you think? And he's like, oh, it's great. It's intellectual property. It's based on your life. And we love this. And it really fits a lot of um, a lot of things. You know, certainly getting kids reading is a huge thing. And I love reading. And I, reading is one of the best coping skills we can give kids. It excites them about playing. And it certainly is a way to engage fans all over to excite them about the game day experience. So that was how uh, Game Day in the USA was born. And uh, to really um, add to it, we said, well, let's start writing. Let's write one book about Philadelphia, my hometown, and Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog. And Fumble really is my dog. Travel around and you get to see all the great sights of Philadelphia. And then that worked out really well. So then we decided that we would start writing books for some other cities. And now we're on book number nine. We've got Philadelphia, the Carolinas, Atlanta, but it's really Georgia because we had a lot of stuff in Georgia, the whole entire state. Um, uh, Pittsburgh, which is a great city. I love Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Green Bay, Chicago, Dallas, Fort Worth and Woo-hoo. Tampa Bay. Yeah. And uh, and upcoming is game day in L.A. where we kind of highlight the, the Los Angeles Rams. So it's really been something fun. And in each book, with the exception of Philadelphia, Freddie has a tour guide to show her around because she doesn't know those cities. So, for example, in game day in Pittsburgh, Freddie's tour guide is a young man. He's a real person. His name is Hugh. Um, all the characters are real people. And um, Hugh is my college roommate's son. And Hugh is amazing. And he's a great tour guide of Pittsburgh. And he happens to be autistic. So those are just things that like it hasn't slowed him down from being a great tour guide. Yeah, he has got autism, but you know what? He's still, when it comes to being a tour guide in the city of Pittsburgh, the city he loves, he is a great tour guide. So we were able to kind of incorporate certain things like, you know, maybe, um, Somebody wears glasses. So like in Game Day in Green Bay, Freddie's tour guide Vince is a real person. He wears glasses. And we wanted to really highlight, uh, you know, children and my friends' kids or some of them are kind of combinations of my friends and my friends' children all, you know, kind of added into one. And in Game Day in in Tampa Bay, Freddie's tour guide is a young man named Frederico. Frederico um, happened to um, live at the Ronald McDonald House for almost over a year, and he's from Brazil. So in game day in Tampa Bay, Freddie and Fred, uh, Frederico, travel around Tampa Bay. And while, you know, he um, lived is from Brazil, he certainly was a great person to be Freddie's tour guide in uh, Tampa Bay. So I'm really proud of the fact that we've been able to highlight and celebrate other kids and other things that are going on in people's lives in our books. Absolutely. I mean, the the good, the bad, and the ugly, the history, the love, the friendship, the just the diversity. I just love it. The Your books are amazing and your creativity is just phenomenal. I love it. Okay. So I am mind body Dallas. So I love talking about the mind and the body. I love talking about attitude, mindset. Tell us about your mindset, the attitude of an entrepreneur, a CEO, the mindset of an author. How do you stay focused and deal with your many travel engagements, boards you sit on and not run out of ideas for books? Oh, well, thank you. That is very kind. I'm really fortunate. You know what? I do, I'm very, very fortunate. I thankfully don't drink and I don't do drugs. And I am very like, those are things that I think ultimately, like my mom explained it to me one time a lot when I was a young girl, she was like, every day you wake up and you have a cup full of discipline. And if you have to use half of that cup just to get out of bed in the morning, because you've had a late night or you've done reckless 
whatever it is, you know, it's, you're going to use half that cup of discipline and you really need all that discipline to get through the day, to be a good person, to give back to the community, to do these things. So rather than squandering the discipline, save it and, you know, get a good, try to get a good night's rest and try to be, you know, able to provide for your family and try to do things that, that really do add value and make a difference. And I think that being grateful and like recognize, so that was something that like, I've always kind of remembered that, like, I don't want to waste my cup of discipline. No, sure. There are some nights where I stay up too late or I maybe, you know, eat things that are unhealthy or whatever it is. Cause we're all human and we all oh, have yeah. things like that. And that's like, and that's okay. You just have to remember like, okay, wait a minute. I need to, pull the reins in on myself and get back on track and maybe drink a little more water and take a little extra walking or do whatever. And I, so it's every morning I wake up and I, I'm very thankful that I get to go downstairs and it's early. Like I'm on a super early rise at like five 30 or six in the morning. And, um, which is another thing, like I, I'm like clinically very much happier in the morning and some people just aren't, but like, I'm a huge morning person. So I get up early and I get to go downstairs and um, sit with my mother and, and, you know, and hang out with her for a couple hours of like just quiet morning time where we can watch the sunrise. And I get to, um, you know, work on my gratitude journal, which is something I'm really, really, really passionate about. And even some days I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to do it, but I do it because I know I feel better once I do it. And, um, you know, just short, a couple things that I'm grateful for every day and what I'm going to try to accomplish or whatever it is. And it really does, um, remind me to, um, to, to continue that path. And, and I am thankful for my mother, my beautiful mother. And I'm really descriptive about that and this nice house that I get to live in and my children who are thriving and are healthy and, you know, my, my animals and, and people, my friends that support me, like these are things that I'm just so grateful for and, uh, that I can't, I can't exist without that. I can't exist without them. And maybe, I mean, I, I guess I could, but I, I don't, can't even imagine that. So like, I'm just so thankful that I, I get to have these beautiful gifts of people, humanity in my life. And, and, uh, and so I want to make sure that I intellectually um, write that down so that I remind myself, like, you're so grateful. Don't be a jerk. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that attitude of gratitude is everything. And I, I am so inspired by your gratitude. You are just truly such a grateful person and it exudes happiness and um, just peace and contentment. And it's just so nice because everyone around you gets to feel like glad and grateful too. So thank, well, thank you, you for your gratitude. It's wonderful and very inspiring. Well, um, there's a great saying. It was actually the, it, uh, my high school that I went to in Philadelphia. Um, th it was interesting because it was the motto of our high school and also the actually the state motto of North Carolina. And it, it's, it's Latin, but, but it, it's easy to translate. It's essay E S S E quam Q U A M videri V I D E R I. And that means to be rather than to seem to be. And like, I just grew up with, with hearing that every, almost every day or seeing it on notebooks or seeing it on letterhead at, at the school that I went to. And I think that like, it's something that like, I don't want to be, I, I want to be myself and I want to also represent myself as myself and, and being rather than seeming to be is a much easier existence in life. You know, a bunch of fakers. I lived in Hollywood for a long time. There's a lot of people that are, that are phonies and fakers and whatever, good for them. And I get it. And I'm sure at times I've, I probably had to 
you know, assimilate into that culture a little bit, but I think it's just like being, just being with whatever, being present, trying to be real, trying to, to actually be the real person. I, I I'm hopeful that I, that I get that across that I am exactly what I represent to be. I, I think I am. And I, I hopefully I am. That's oh, really yeah. important to me. Yes, absolutely. And that's another very inspiring point too. I mean, we should all try to be like that. If we would all um, be who we are and who we were created to be and not try to be something else, wouldn't this world be a different place? We would be just, it would be a magical, wonderful, happy world. We'd all be happy and content and fulfilled because we would be living our dreams. We would be who we are, not being who we seem to be. Or say that quote one more time. <laughs> it's okay. So it's S A and E S S E Quam Q U A M Videri V I D E R I, and that means to be rather than to seem to be. Oh, I just love that. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to add that to my repertoire for sure yeah. okay good um, yes I know it's, it's really it really is so simple but yet so beautiful it's just like it is. okay you know I mean because the other thing is that when you're faking it or when you're being you know obviously sometimes like you have to you know there, there might be reasons sometimes you have to be a little bit you know uh, maybe I don't want to say a faker, but like, oh, sure. Put on a good show because you have to be a, a good, a good sport and whatever else. And that's fine. And that's actually really, that's a, it's a very admirable thing of like showing up and being present and doing all those things. But like in just in general, just being rather than seeming to be, because that, I think the seeming to be is what gives people a lot of anxiety and mental health issues. And, and, you know, they think that they have to be something that they're really not. And like that creates a lot of problems. It could create drinking. It could create drugs. It could create, you know, reckless spending. It could just, it could create a, a, a real bad pattern of, of not good habits by, you know, feeling like you have to fit in or whatever else. And, and, you know, hopefully people in and will, keep up yeah. the show. Yeah. And you know what? You want to be with people that want to include you. You know, mm -hmm. my grandfather would always say an invitation is worth twice as much as an acceptance. And so it's like, invite people, invite them along. If you can invite them, invite them. You oh. know, people remember that they, people remember when they're included. It, it's oh. so nice to be included. That gives me chills. That's so true. I guess I never thought about it like that, but what incredible wisdom your grandfather and your mother have shared with you. And thank you for you know, carrying that forward to all of us and sharing and sharing their wisdom. And it's definitely in you. You're practicing what you preach, but thank you for preaching it too. <laughs> so well, thank you. And Thanks. Speaking I appreciate of, that. Yes. Well, thank you. And another thing you advocate, like, yes, gratitude and football and your kids. I know those are, but two other loves in your life children and dogs and veterans too. Tell us all about the boards you sit on and the ways you advocate for veterans, kids, dogs, all of it. Well, I think I, well, first of all, thank you. I, I try to, to advocate for people that, that my voice might be helpful. So it's really important for me to be a good person and to, you know, continue to be a, a good representative of the community and to be, and then, and then I can be a really strong advocate for animals and children and our, you know, beautiful veterans that have served our country. And, and hopefully that my, you know, what my, me being involved and included in, in, 
certain endeavors that they, that matter to them will hopefully really translate. So I, I sit on the board of a great charity called Soldiers to Sidelines and Harrison, who runs the charity and started it, he works with the military and people that are, you know, um, transitioning out of the military and works with them to become soldier coaches. And so uh, it's beautiful. Like he, he gets them certified and, and gets some training to be coaches. And then they can be coaches in anything, not necessarily high level coaches of professional teams, but learning how to coach the little league and learning how to coach basketball games and learning how to be a high school football coach or a flag football coach. And then it really gives them a sense of purpose. I think that, you know, representing our country gives them a huge sense of purpose. And then yes. sometimes when they're, when they're not doing that, they come back and there's a little bit of confusion but being a coach and, and coaching people and coaching them up, I will tell you this, great coaches make all the difference. You know, there's so many great athletes out there and so many people that have great talent, but if you don't have a great coach, it is, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. You I know? agree. But having yeah. a great coach makes all the difference in the world. I see it with my kids who played sports. You know, my my youngest, you know, he was on the football team and and, and had, you know, decent coaching, but not, you know, it didn't it, and changed schools and we moved and got, you know, brand new coaches. And it was like, oh, my goodness, like he just flourished. Wow. It was unbelievable to watch him really enjoy what he was doing versus feeling like it was kind of like a a chore in many ways and, and, and it, the, the work and, and putting in the work and the expectations of what the coaches demand from their, you know, from, from their athletes or their, their, their students is really something great to watch too. So I'm really proud to be on soldiers to sidelines. I love everything Harrison does and the, it's a great board and I'm really, I'm very thankful for our military. I, I mean, wow, we really yes. need to, you know, really acknowledge their sacrifice and their, and what they do. I'm certainly grateful for all the sacrifices that military families and the military does for us day in and day out. And uh, my grandfather was in the military and, uh, you know, it was a beautiful gesture when he passed away that I got this beautiful American flag. And, and the, just like, these are things that really matter to me. And that's kind of part of like game day in the USA really does embrace and honor those things. And all my books, every halftime ceremony, because it kind of takes you as a, you go on a tour through the city and then you end up at the game. And then, so you understand what it feels like for the game day experience, but every halftime ceremony in all my books honor first responders and military. Mm. And so, and, and we always, you know, start off with the national anthem. And, and uh, so these are just things that really matter to me because it's really part of our beautiful game day experience. So that's something that uh, I, I definitely am very, very proud of that I get to you know, thank our, our, like I said, our first responders and military and, and the Star Spangled Banner, uh, you know, that, that we start every, every sporting event with is something really cool. It's a, one of the, my, it's really, truly my favorite part of the game. I think like the whole idea of like, okay, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing this beautiful song and everyone's going to sing it together. is such a great moment, whether mm -hmm. it's at a high school football game or whether it's at a professional football game, it really is cool. And um, so Soldiers to Sidelines is something really neat. And um, people can check it out if they just go to soldierstosidelines.org. And then I'm very involved in the Ronald McDonald House. My grandfather, when he owned the Philadelphia Eagles, um, started that charity along with a few other amazing people, a football player on his team, a guy named Fred Hill. His daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm -hmm. And they started um, a charity called Eagles Fly for Leukemia. And then that turned into the Ronald McDonald House. And you know, 48 years later, there's 300 and something Ronald McDonald houses all over the world. So that is something very cool. And I really um, 
can relate to the families. I had a sick kid. My kid didn't walk till he was five and didn't talk till he was almost five and a half. So I can wow. certainly relate to families needing comfort and compassion and a place to stay when their child is sick or in the hospital. We spent 19 days in the hospital. So uh, I understand what it what it means to have a place where you can go and um, and and meet with other families and just have some peace and, and get all your meals prepared. And the Ronald McDonald House certainly does that. And then animals, I, you know, animals don't have their own voice. We have to be their voice. And I've got a couple rescue dogs and I'm very thankful for that. In fact, Fumble the dog is a real dog and he's actually sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> oh, and, hi, Fumble. Um, yeah. And he's a rescue dog. And I uh, am very grateful. There was an, uh, an article written about me and, and the book series a couple years ago. And they, um, they said that Fumble rescued Marnie a few years ago and the editor of the magazine called me and they were so embarrassed and they were like, I'm so sorry, there was a typo. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, there's a typo. It says that Fumble rescued you. And I'm like, that's no typo. I'm like, he really did. Okay. I'm like, if you change, if you go, no, do not do a, a, a clarification. I don't want next month to see that, you know, in the magazine that there was a, a, a mistake. No, the dogs and cats and animals really do rescue us. So absolutely, that was definitely oh. no typo. Yeah. Yes. That yep. is so precious. And it's so true. I've heard that from so many friends. Well, and even myself, you know, you go through times of in your life and you know that that's your soul dog or oh soul my goodness cat or you know and you just yes. oh my gosh that dog saved my life and yeah um, they do I think it's precious they do, they they do. so it's our yeah. lives for a reason for sure <laughs> they do and they don't have their own voice and so we have to really you know go out there and so I'm very involved with the Humane Society of Charlotte and they're you know a great organization and 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 there's so many dogs and cats out there that need homes and uh you know giving them a loving home is really I mean the thing is like with charity work and you'll understand this, like mm -hmm. we might start out thinking it's like to help them, but it's always the opposite. It helps us. It's yes. so weird. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm volunteering and I did it because I, you know, they asked me to help out. I'm like, this was the best day. This helped me. I yes. feel like um, this was such a great day for me. You know, I might've helped yeah. out, but like, I don't even know. I feel like I'm the one being helped. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's that, for sure. I mean, you're, you're getting what you give. I mean, it's the law of reciprocity. Yes. I mean, you're reaping what you sow, you're helping and then you get helped, but it's so much, even it's so much deeper and more profound than that. It just feels just on a deep heart level. Just like, wow, this yeah. is so life-giving for me. It's it really is, yep. amazing. Yep. Well, for those who, of us out there and anyone listening um, in your network or mine, like how, how could someone, what's an easy way to to put your toes in, to get started with getting involved in their own hometown, how can people give back to veterans or kids or dogs? I mean, what are some of our most important needs that might go unrecognized that, that we could really help with on a, it seems simple, but maybe a big, le big level. Well, I mean, clean out your closet or clean out yeah. your bookshelf and just go donate some clothes or books. People really need those. Go to the local library, you know, go to the animal shelter and say, here, I have some blankets for the animals. They might need them. If you, I mean, clean out your closet and go to the, you know, go to the, wherever it is in your neighborhood and, and, and really deliver the goods. You know, sometimes going to places, actually just there's, you know, there's the Christian mission, you know, they, they take a lot of clothes and sometimes it's a business for them and they might take it and resell it. And that's okay too, because then they're going to use it for the business, but just finding ways to give back that doesn't really necessarily 
You might not even, you know, you might not have the time. You might be too busy, but just going and cleaning out your closet or your pantry and going to do that, you know, those kind of things. And certainly local libraries are always a great place to, to go. They, you know, go and read to, to certain kids or, or go read a lot of places like here, our animal shelter, the Humane Society, they have a great program where you can go read to the dogs and cats. So it's great, you know, if you, and, and you can go in and read and, and the same thing, obviously, if you, if you're, you know, interested in doing anything with the military, certainly mm-hmm. go log on soldiers to sidelines and, and you can um, certainly make donations and find out how to, how to um, contribute to that. But I think really just uh, be a good person, yeah. start by asking people if they need help, even your, maybe your neighbor or going to, I love geriatrics. If there's an old age home, a lot of times they, they need help. Older people, they're very proud and they don't want to ask for help. But if you say, I can go do some grocery shopping for them or go pick up some things, it it really does go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. And those are really practical examples of things we can do here and there. It doesn't have to be that you're going to have to carve out this Tuesday from noon to five every Tuesday for the rest of your life. But like, what can I do today or this weekend that can really make a difference? And it's practical and it, it's, it's simple, maybe not easy, but also easy. Some things are just really easy. We're just, we don't do them. You know, we, uh, I'm glad you reminded us of those things that are, um, easy and accessible to all of us. Well, uh, it's just, well, thank you. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. even if you're at line at a drive through, just say, you know, yeah. give the tip somebody a little extra if you can, a couple dollars or whatever. Right now we're in a really very heavy phase of, of you know, the economy. It's, you know, people are really struggling and people are always struggling. So just do something thoughtful. It doesn't have to be for somebody that is struggling. Buy them their, you know, I mean, look, when I go to certain, you know, coffee places, I, I'm amazed at how I, you know, how expensive everything is. So maybe you don't want to pay for their whole order, but just say here, I'm going to pay for one of the drinks or whatever it is. And then people say, feel really good about it. And it does yeah. boost their spirits and just little things that you can do that, that might not require a whole lot of financial resources, but that might make somebody else feel better. But you know, you'll feel better. You'll be like, I just bought that person a cup of coffee. Yeah. That was a fun thing to do. Yes. And you might not, I, and you, you don't know what their reaction is, but they'll, I, I guarantee they're not going to be like, oh man, that person stinks. They just bought me a free drink. No, they're yeah. not going to say that. Definitely not. No. no, they're going to smile and feel good. And you're going to smile and feel good. And you know, it's the butterfly effect. It does keep on going. You never know what that smile will do to change their path for the next 24 hours, 48 hours and yours too. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. So it really does go a long way more than we could ever really uh document more than we could ever even realize yeah Um, it's the intangibles that really do mm -hmm. go it's always about the intangibles the chemistry the intangibles that really create you know uh, you know the whole dynamic energy force around us amen oh completely agree with that well you have some big things coming up in October, I want you to tell our listeners, even though some of our listeners might be local, but anybody who might be your friends or in that area who might be tuning in just because I'll make sure to hashtag, you know, your area and everything like that and put the location. So what do you have coming up um, that maybe somebody might want to join in on or donate to? Um, You're chairing some big events. Well, thank you. Yes. So um, in October 15th, um, mm-hmm. I am sharing the, the um, Charlotte Humane Society Ties and Tails Gala 
And that is a really fun event at a beautiful, um, beautiful Weston Hotel in Uptown Charlotte. And uh, we're going to raise a lot of money for the animals there at the Humane Society. So I'm really excited about that and something that um, they have not had a live event in a couple of years. So we're excited to bring it back. And it's the first time I've chaired it. So it'll be something that I'm really looking forward to. And I know everybody just puts so much effort into, you know, making a great event happen. And it's not just about, you know, obviously so many things happen have to, you know, happen to have a big event. So yes. obviously there has to be just so many hands, all hands on deck with that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. And I'm really looking forward to it. We've got lots of great auction items and it'll be really fun. And that's um, the Charlotte Humane Society. But I think if you go to ties it takes you to the link. So um, that's something lots of fun. And then um, two weeks after that, I'm sharing um, our jerseys and jewels event for the third year in a row. And um, and that is for the Ronald McDonald House. So I'm really excited. And uh, it's at Bank of America Stadium. And it's to benefit the Ronald McDonald House. And all the proceeds go to the Ronald McDonald House. And it's something really cool, really fun. Great auction items. Great event. Obviously, another great charity that I'm really proud of. And I'm super honored to be part of that as well. So I love um, being involved. I guess that, like, it keeps me... Um, things to talk about and it's like rather than always talking about yourself I feel like being able to talk about charity or talk about like events or those are things that like to me are make like hopefully make me a little bit more interesting when I can say like oh my gosh you want to hear about our charity it's gonna be so (laughs) fun and this is so cool and all those other things like I I really enjoy that and um and it also allows me to make a lot of new friends and connect with people that are involved and that have, you know, that have dedicated their time to, to giving back too. So I usually find that I, I really um, connect with those kind of people like uh, very quickly. Absolutely. What a blast. It sounds like both of those events are going to be phenomenal and you're probably such a great host and chair and it's going to be great. And I, um, I hope it's a great turnout and you raise lots of money. What a great cause, both, both of them. And, um, what else, what else am I missing? Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with or any, anything that I missed? Um, yes. Uh, you know, I come to Dallas Fort Worth once a month because I um, am the co-host of a really cool radio show with Scott Murray, who was, you know, who's the famous legendary Scott Murray, who was the Dallas Fort Worth sports reporter for 20 plus 25 years or something like that. So wow. Scott Murray and then this amazing lady named Marjorie Herrera Lewis. And Marjorie, is this, um, she was a sports reporter for um, the, the Dallas Star. And she was actually, she's such a trailblazer. She was the first female to ever really cover the Dallas Cowboys on a really, um, uh, I would say that like when they started letting women into the locker room, although that wasn't really Marjorie, she was the only one that, that coach Landry said, Marjorie can, you know, she's, she's allowed in, you know, she's one of us. And so Marjorie is an incredible, so, um, so we record, um, a radio show for ESPN and I'll send you all the links to that. Um, and so we do that and we, um, it's called journey through life and sports. And we've had amazing guests, Drew Pearson and Timmy Newsom and Bob Lilly and Brett Boone and Tom Greve. And oh my goodness, Harrison Bernstein, who's the CEO of soldiers to sidelines. And I mean, so many amazing guests that we've had on it's, it's unreal. Like I pinch myself. I'm like, wait a minute. I get to be 
you know, I get to do this? Like, no way. And, um, and so, yeah, so we, you know, we record a couple shows at a time and, uh, you know, we try to, to be economical and, and do yeah. it. Although, um, we've been so every we've really been blessed now. I think we're going to start doing it weekly, which is great rather than, you know, doing it once a month or whatever. But, um, so yeah, so that is, um, on ESPN radio and, uh, it's on Friday nights and then it, they air it again on Saturday mornings. I'll get you all the exact times on yes. 800. Yeah. On 800 different, um, ESPN affiliates. So Whoa. I love being able to, you know, be part of that. It's really an honor. Scott and Marjorie are such professionals. I feel like the total JV rookie bench warmer, <laughs> but that's fine. I'm in great, you know, they're, they're very nice to me. So they, they let me <laughs> tag along. And, uh, you know, throw me a few uh, good questions here and there. And, and I'm just grateful to be part of their their universe. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's just so cool. And, oh, I can't wait to listen. And, yes, please send me all those links because I'll add them in the show notes and um, make sure people can click and uh, get those links and everything and see what – listen to those shows and see all the websites and all the good things. So, oh, Excellent. my gosh, Marnie, you are – Amazing. You are just a shot in the arm of happiness and joy and enthusiasm. You're just so effervescent. So I've loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I'll see you next time. This is going to be uh, yes. awesome. <laughs> oh, no, we're getting together. Yes. In a couple weeks, yep. I'll be in town. So I can't wait. I will, we're going to um, get together. Yeah, we're going to get together. We're going to do a bunch of selfies and, you know, write in our gratitude journals yes. and, and really geek out on being grateful and everything else. But that'll be lots of fun. I can't wait. That's my, that, those are just my favorite things. So I can't wait. Well, I'll see you in a couple weeks. And Marnie, thanks again. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Have a great, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that like basically the, the whole the whole theme about Labor Day is really to honor the American workforce. And uh, and that's really what Labor Day, that's how it started. That's really the whole genesis of it. So I think that like it's a great thing that we can, you know, um, celebrate the, um, you know, the hardworking men and women, you know, who make daily sacrifices to, you know, protect our country and to grow our country and to do all these cool things. And, you know, and it really ties in beautifully with the football season. So yes. I think that it's so great. You know, I love, you know, being um, able to celebrate the American worker and the football season and the military. And, you know, so this Labor Day, we just have to remember that, that, uh, you know, to consciously thank people that really uh, make a lot of sacrifices to go out there and drive trucks and, yep. and do all this heavy lifting stuff so that we don't have to oil rigs and whatever else, all of it. Amen. Thank you. Oh Yeah. All of yep. it. Thank you. Thank you to all of you who work and keep our economy going. Amen. And and the workers, you're right. The hard workers that huh, protect us and show up for us in emergencies. And the, like you said, the oil rigs, the janitors, everything. I'm just completely in agreement. So thank you for that reminder. And yes, happy Labor Day to you and happy Labor Day to everyone listening. And um I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And also special thanks to law enforcement because Yes. I know holidays like this is oh. a, they, I mean, they really have to dig deep and, and law enforcement, thank you because they're out there protecting us on the streets and everything else. And, and certainly you can't have football games without firemen and law enforcement. We can't. We, and so I'm grateful for all the work that they do and, and the family sacrifices that, that go along with that too. So thank you. Amen. Yes. I ditto. 
that completely. So, well, thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you next time. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Okay. I can't wait. All right. Have a great day. You okay. too. Bye. Right. Bye.